listening to 27 Talks Podcast. Step into the world of hair. We've got ideas and stories to share. Supporting salon culture and life. We'll provide the education. One talk at a time. sits down with legendary barber, Robert Don Rayfeld. Hi, and welcome to this episode of 27 Talks. I'm delighted to share with you my guest for this episode, Rob Jan Rietveld. Rob is better known as the bloody butcher of Scorum Barbershop, Rotterdam, Netherlands. Rob took some time uh, during shutdown over in Netherlands. He's actually shut in and away from the barbershop at the moment, and we carved out some time to discuss not only hair history and understanding the journey and the foundational elements that create modern hairdressing from where we came from, paying tribute to those ideas and traditions and expanding upon them in your own creative way, behind the chair and within education for future generations to come. But we also talked about wellness and the taxation that, yes, this business and this industry has on our own bodies, but wellness in general, especially in times like these where self-care, you know, a little bit of self-love and sometimes a good kick in the pants to wake us up, get us on the right track, put one foot in front of the other, hit the pavement running, and we get to share each other's journeys along the way. It, it was a really fun talk. I'm so excited to get to share that with you all. Enjoy this episode. Thanks again, Rob. Amazing chat. Enjoy. Well, I'm so excited to introduce Rob, the bloody butcher himself. Rob, thank you so much for being on this show with me and welcome to 27 Talks. Thank you so much for having me all the way from the Netherlands. I know it's super early for you. It's five o'clock in the afternoon. Well, welcome and thanks so much for making time. I mean, it's so exciting to speak to you all the way across the other side of the globe. I mean, I'm excited to share in the industry that you and I both love so much and get to learn a little bit about you and who you are. So let's start with how long have you been a barber? I started barbering when I was 14 years old. And I am 46 now, so you do the math, 32 years and counting. Although I got to be a little honest, I haven't been literally behind the chair uh, on a daily basis for about the last three or four years. So I'm still doing a lot of hair. I'm doing a lot of classes. I teach a lot of classes and my love has shifted more to the education part of barbering than being behind the chair on a daily basis. I've done that for 30 years in a row. And I was kind of, well, I'm not done, but you know, I wanted to see more sides of my profession. It's amazing that this industry will really like get you started where your feet are firmly planted behind that chair and you're like just cranking it out nonstop. And then it can easily segue into, well, now I've hit this level where I want to share and create 
And then you can move into that level where you can step away from behind the chair. Was that a hard process for you or did it just kind of organically happen? Well, it kind of organically happened because the thing is I used, I, I started as a barber, then uh, I became an apprentice in a salon. This, uh, my, my sensei, he, uh, he taught me, uh, he started with uh, classic barbering, but I drifted in, into hairdressing, which became a very big part of my life. I've always loved hairdressing till up to a certain point where I was kind of lost. And then we started scoring. So we went for, I went back to where I came from doing only classic haircuts. Um, and Scorum was kind of a, I was on a crossroad in my life and maybe even a little depressed because I didn't really know what to do. So I was like, you know what? Let's cut away all the, the let's, let's, let's cut away all the bullshit. That's pretty much what it comes down to. So we started this very basic um, barbershop but it grew into a success, a huge success. I mean, we, we could not remotely uh, believe what was happening. There were a hundred guys waiting in front of the door every morning. This is not, I know there are stories about our barbershop and I hope some of them are not true because I've heard the weirdest stories ever, but that, that is actually true. It became, it became a, uh, a phenomenon first in our town you know, because that for us is always what a barbershop is about. It's the spider in the web of a community. You know, that's what we started for our friends, our musical, um, our musical, uh, the network actually, because we were going to bands, we were partying hard. So we kind of wanted that to bring together. But then because of social media, which was growing, uh, Facebook was relatively new. So, you know, everybody, and all of a sudden we got people first from the Netherlands and then from Germany, France, Belgium, Sweden. We had guys coming over in vans, sleeping in the vans. It was insane. So then Scorum grew way too fast. We were not prepared for that success. And then we started our uh, grooming brand called Ruzel. And because of Ruzel, we started traveling and we traveled more and more and more because everybody wanted to have a little part. They wanted to get to know us. So it was insane. All of a sudden I was in, in Japan one week, I was in Australia the next week and I was in uh, uh, Canada the week after. And so we kind of had to restructure the barbershop because we needed people that could take care of the shop and all of a sudden we were just like doing classes around the world. So our, our whole profession kind of changed with that. And at a certain point I felt when I walked into the shop, these other guys that we made our shop leaders, you know, our the managers, they were taking so such great care of the shop that all of a sudden I actually had extra time to focus on photo shoots and and then we started the old school which is our academy and i've been uh teaching hair for 20 25 years i've been doing that for a long time but then it became my main focus and the hardest part of uh, starting a school is to build a system that works on every client and this sounds super easy but it's not it is the hardest thing i ever had to do to come up with a system 
like 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 work with this base and i believe in foundation because a lot of people are like oh they only do one haircut no it's not true we do a very strong foundation you know you can build every house you you want but without and you know and you can go for the purple uh you can go for the purple windows with uh but which makes it beautiful don't get me wrong but it's not going to survive without that foundation and when we were building our academy we really had to come up with a plan that somebody from Japan could walk in, but somebody from Italy could walk in and that we could show them a base haircut. And from there, we do kind of this classic styles. But if you want to do a modern haircut, we want to show you how you work from that base. So that took a lot of my time to figure that all out. And all of a sudden, I was not really in the shop behind the chair anymore because my interest had kind of shifted. So um, as you finding out right now, I talk a lot. So be I careful. love it. Oh, you bring it on. I love it. I'm such a gabber, but I'm also so engaged with everything you're saying. This is, it's amazing to hear how that journey was for you, because this is something that, you know, with my own salon and with me being behind the chair for as long as I've been, there's this sort of limitation one, creatively, two, with what you want to give, what you feel like you're capable to give outside of your bubble, but also like the confines of like my own body. Like I've been doing this for a long time and it's hard work standing up behind that chair. But what I love that you took on this major task of like creating this foundational education that is world renowned. I mean, I'm sitting over here in Phoenix and I've been following you guys a long time, like a huge fan, huge admirer of what you're doing for your craft specifically. But to lay that all out on paper and in black and white, it's amazing that you took that task on and that it's still doing what you set out to do, but even more globally, that's huge. I mean, so like hats off to you on it's phenomenal i'm having a hell of a time just writing like an employee handbook this weekend let alone let alone writing an entire training manual on how to do the craft that you're so passionate about um but it's it's really really well done on that it's it's great so and the industry is so much better for it so thank you and for whatever that means but thank you oh, for no, that <laughs> no. that is a huge compliment i think the hair industry is more interesting than ever because all the cultures and subcultures are stealing from each other which is the best thing that could ever happen you know you can see that the rockabillies look at the you know it's all blending in you see hip-hop artists that going into a the tattoos and everything you know and it's all within hair when you go out on the streets and i am the lucky one because i get to travel i go to tokyo and i go to um uh, berlin the next day but you know people are all it's so interesting there are whole new subcultures emerging and within hair super creative you know i mean i do my classics but the thing is, you got to change to stay the same, you know, so you got to you, you, you got to learn from what other people are doing, stay inspired. That is that is like the biggest danger in our business to to lose inspiration because you get good at something and then it becomes a trick, you know, and when it becomes a trick and everybody says, oh, my God, you're so great. It is very easy to start believing that and just go on that. Oh, my God, you're great. Sometimes you got to let go of that and just. Just, just take the sidewalks, you know, just, just kind of get off that tray. It's, it's super interesting. And I'm very lucky to work with my, um, the photographer that I got, because, you know, we love our, 
movies. We love our comic books. We, we, we have a lot of inspiration. And we combine all this. And then we got school. We got the shop. And we got rules all that we can. You know, so for me, being at home because of the COVID is driving me absolutely mental because there is so much I want to do right now. We are working on an amazing project, but I'm stuck. So it's uh, driving me nuts. <laughs> Well, I love that you brought up your photographer because Yella is amazing in capturing what you guys do so well. Like that, it takes so much work to make that craftsmanship like show in real life, but to capture it in this like vision for whatever platform, whether that's a photo hanging on a wall versus something you're like swiping through or scrolling up, you will stop and be like, holy shit, that image is bananas it looks like you stepped back in time but at the same time it's so fresh it's so modern it's so now and that's that marriage that you guys have in that creativity from you your team your partners and then the photography side of it, it there's something like palpable there that you can see that creativity coming together in just one shot it's it's phenomenal too yeah, Yella, Yella walked in one day, and I'm talking 10 years ago, and the shop was uh, popular already, so we had a lot of photographers walking in and going like, oh, but we learned one thing very fast, and a lot of photographers, I mean, they take their, they take their craft very uh, seriously, like us, so, you know, and we will always work with you, so if you got to bring in 25 lights, and we have to send it like this, and you take 500 shots, it's okay. We'll do it. But Yellow walked in one day and he was still in school. He was in photography school and he sent me an email. He said, hi, my name is Yella. Can I take a photo? I'm doing a um, school uh, thing about old craftsmanship. And we're like, sure, dude, come in. I'll never forget it. He walked in, he introduced himself and he took one photo. One. And he walked out and, and Lane, my business partner and me, we were like, Really? But he took the best photo ever. So he showed it to us. He said, this is it. And we were like, oh my God, it is so good. And then at a certain point, I wanted to make those two posters that, that we made because, you know, I wanted to have the menu and it was like, I'm going to send that dude an email. And that's how the love started. And we never left each other because, you know, it's always leaning me in the, on the, but we kind of, with Yella, he is the backbone. Because it is good to have ideas, but he translates, you know, I always come up with ideas. I'm a very creative guy, but I, I have divisions in my head, you know, but I got yelling and I talk to him and I say the weirdest stuff. And, and instead of going like, yeah, he just goes like, oh yeah, but we can do this and that. And it always, you know, whatever. I mean, I think I got some great ideas, but yell always makes them better, you know? And, and he actually just left about an hour ago. We're working on something else. It should have been a meeting of an hour. He's here for four hours, drinking all the coffee, you know? And yeah, there is just some, some. it's the energy that goes on. And I always was like, I wanted to learn to take uh, a photos too, but no, it doesn't feel right. Yellow should always be the guy because if I start doing it myself, that whole uh, 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 tennis game with ideas, 
it's just weird, you know, you start with something and it can be the weirdest thing, you know, because I found this war pig that was written by one of the old Greek gods. And he goes like, oh, what's his name? Gulenbursti and Gulenbursti, I mean, come on, you can cannot come up with this shit. It's some Nordic aggressive pig with a high bet. And he's just into that stuff, you know, it's always like, and I love that. You need somebody. I mean, I think you can see all the books in the back. You know, I'm always looking for, for stuff. I'm like, oh yeah, let's do this. Let's do, oh, that's a little too crazy. No, it's not too crazy. Let's add some blood, you know, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. but that's how you do it, you know? And even when Ruzel was growing bigger, well, you gotta be a little bit careful because the bigger you get, some people take stuff that you say or do to, um, they make a big thing of it. You know, when I wear a t-shirt with some text, they go like me. I used to have like all these uh, rock and roll shirts, you know, hill this, hill that. I'm not even going to say it because I'm going to get shit over me again. But they're like, oh my God, Robert believes in this. No, it's a t-shirt. <laughs> so yeah, you know, it's, you, you get, but you gotta, you gotta find, you, you always, I think the Peter Pan syndrome is very important when you own a shop or when you own a brand or when you make art or write a comic or whatever you do, it is very important that stuff that you make puts a smile on your face. And now with Instagram or whatever, you know, I see it, I see it with, with some artists. I mean, they want to keep their Instagram alive. So they just make more so they can post more instead of putting more time in one thing. And I think you got to be careful with that, you know, because there is no, you cannot measure the quality of work in likes or whatever. You can measure quality of the things that you make and the feeling it gives you, you know. I once said in a documentary, when I do an absolutely amazing haircut, I kind of want to chop the head off and hammer it on the wall, you know, to keep looking at it because I really, really love that hair. I love the fact that the client is happy with it but and I get the same when I look at my colleagues that post haircuts an amazing haircut actually even before I went into barbering and hairdressing it's always been a thing for me you know Elvis it's iconic hair for me it's like Grace Jones it's like when you can see I just get excited you know and that is that is what I tell people in the old school too if you don't get that feeling anymore it's just what you were talking about earlier you know your body gets older it gets harder Mm-hmm. but you got to get excited not on every haircut but you got to feel excited at least once a day if you don't feel that you got to find your your niche you got to do um the photos you got to you got to have a student that just picks i mean if you have an apprentice and you explain something and they try and they try and they try but then the quarter drops you can see it in their eyes you know that feeling it's so important to keep you going not just your apprentice but you as well, because you share that feeling, because you remember that feeling. Remember when you had to do your first haircut and you didn't know where to leave the comb. And now when I teach somebody and they're standing with the comb and they want to put it in their mouth or under their armpit, and you go, oh yeah, I used to do that. You don't think about it anymore. And you see that, that these are very important things. I don't even remember the question. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Yeah. It's perfect. We were that was the best segue into you know talking about the photography that you guys really have this like marriage yeah, yeah, yeah. of like grit 
to polish and somehow these two like opposing things like completely work together but then segue into like really just hearing you talk about art and what you create like seriously I could talk about this shit all day serious it's amazing it's so amazing but truthfully what you were what I did want to hone in on is the history part of it and how much of the history of hair and the history of craftsmanship and what you bring to your own company to your own work it's so important and I think what you were saying too about with what you do see on Instagram and Instagram is an, a, a fantastic tool and it is going to continually drive new and innovation but I as an educator too there are moments of pause that I give going but you should I hear what you're saying about this new idea or do you know where this technique came from? Do you know or understand the history that the foundation that that was laid to get us where we are today? And I think that that's something that you guys are vocalizers of, but also like it shows in all of the work that you do. Your brand is your brand, but you pay tribute and and really that homage to what was in the past and idealizing that, but then turning it around and making it something that's new and relevant and super important that people want. And then it becomes this amazing pop culture that can stick. And, and I think you guys have the power to do that. Talk to me a little bit about what is important for you with preserving the history of the craft. Well, you are preserving the history also by taking it to the future. See, the thing is there are a couple of haircuts that will stand the tooth of time, you know? And I think that if you look back, if you see what I used to do in the eighties, I don't want to see what I did in the eighties. I don't want to show photos of that to anybody, you know, but it's been part of uh, coming to appreciate I mean, even when I got, you know, I used to be this uh, a punk rock kid and the first haircut I ever did was um, was a mohawk and a friend of mine probably smoking weed. And I'm pretty sure, I mean, even when doing a mohawk, it looks so easy. I think it's one of the hardest haircuts to do to get that stripe exactly in the middle because the shape of the skull will push your clipper in. It's just like, so that's where education start. It's not doing this. It's what you think, but then you will actually have the mohawk like here and then it goes in and you go, like, oh shit. And then it ends up somewhere. But that is your, that, that is, that is, that is, that sounds like basic education, but you know what? So I know this is going to probably sound horrible from an educator, but I had an epiphany like a couple of months ago when we were doing a longer haircut because I went to classic beauty school. So when we had to learn to do the perms, you had to do the nine, right? And all of a sudden I was teaching one of my, my, my um, students and I'm doing this, the uh, uh, sectioning. And I was like, okay, we wanna keep some length. We wanna do this. And I'm looking at my section and I go like, oh my God, this is my perm sectioning. I have yes. never realized how important that this is like, this is the foundation of everything. And this is 25 years in the business. And I was like, oh, wait a minute. It was never about the rollers. Mm -hmm. You know, that is that perfect mohawk in the middle, which is, mm -hmm. so 
And, and, and again, I know a lot of styles are going to go really rough, really 25 years to figure that out. Yeah. But you know, I was already pretty good at hair before that, but you know, you, you realize, you realize stuff. Now, what I think is really, really strong is that everybody that looks at our work goes like, Oh, everybody looks like Elvis. It's really old. It's really, but then I go like, you do know that, you know, Elvis, Aaron Elvis Presley, you know, he was, he was demonized by the whole generation before him for wearing his hair like that. He used to be an innovator too. And you gotta, and you gotta remember that, you know, that even those classics that you love so much, because a lot of the stuff that people are posting nowadays are not as classic as they might think, you know, try to find a photo of Elvis Presley with a skin fade. He never had that. That was actually kind of before Elvis, you know? So I think it's very important to know where, where uh, haircuts come from. And it doesn't stop at 1920, you know? I think that if you talk about pompadours, you should know, and especially, I mean, we made it, you know, we are this very masculine shop, which we are, actually not you know i'm from the netherlands you know it's it's but it was kind of a wink you know like the men cave kind of thing it got completely out of hand but and everybody was asking for the pompadour and at a certain point i'm like look the pompadour is named after madame de pompadour who was the mistress of uh i don't know how you say it in english lodewijk de virgin the well the 14th king of france oh yes and that's and, and that's where the hair, it's, 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 a, it's a girl's haircut, you know? So you can walk around all like, yeah, look, know your history, know what you're talking about, right? And that is the same with flat tops, Mohicans, you know? Subcultures kind of stole from each other, you know? And, and they made things bigger. And I love that, you know? You gotta learn to appreciate a haircut not just for being able to do that haircut, but there are some, um, the silhouettes that will tell you with even, without even seeing somebody's way of clothing, like, oh my God, he belongs to that gang, you know? And back in the days, it was actually, you know, you were telling a story with it. Some haircuts literally meant don't fuck with me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because, and, and that is just really good. And, and growing up with punk rock and the hardcore scene and psychobilly, you know, I have always been a huge lover of everything that happened in the margins. You know, I've never been part of mainstream this, but I do understand that the margins kind of influence the whole mainstream pop culture and everything. So I'm kind of swimming between all of things that are happening i'm looking at what my daughter is doing i'm looking at what her boyfriend's doing i might do his haircut but he comes up to me and he goes like yeah i want to have joe strummer haircut and i go like oh my god you're listening to the clash but the cool thing is he knows everything about hip-hop too back in my days no you know you were either a rocker or a skin and if you were a skin and you saw a rocker it was your job to beat the rocker up because the it was street gangs there were tribes out there but now it's all mingling and that's what i love but this kid, this boyfriend of my dad, he knows about Joe Strummer. How cool is that? It's you know? How old is he? Yeah. What? How old is he? He is um, 20, 21. 
That's awesome. But you got to imagine that, that, you know, yeah, he knows about Joe Strummer, but he plays in a band where he plays funk. And then the next day he he's here, he, he has a playlist with only hip hop, you know, and I go like back in my days, that was not even, you know, you would look down on hip hop and blah, blah. And I think it's amazing. They, the kids nowadays, they don't, they don't care about that shit anymore. You know, they're just way cool. We were trying so hard to be cool. And these kids now they're just cool without trying. It's, it's so much, it's, it's so much more inspiring, but they do know where stuff come from. You know what I mean? It's huge. It's awesome. That's so awesome. I think that's incredible. Thank you for sharing that. Well, and yes, long live rock, but I do love the mashup of it all. And I love that we can get a chance to, you know, make all things come together and have that fluidity and creating something new and special, but it all comes from that journey. I think paying attention to where it came from is key. So it's fantastic. I want to also ask you a little bit about we touched on like the physical side of things and like the, the the demand of like, not only are you, you know, you behind the chair and educating and business owner and product innovator and just worldwide phenomenon. Um, all of that is taxing. And, and I think that it's tough to weather all that the world throws at you in a normal world. Obviously this world that we're all in is, kind of extra in all those difficult ways, but self-care and really leaning in with how do I prioritize myself rather than, you know, going into depression or going into bad habits or going into like, I literally just can't stand all day. And what do I need to do to help my body? So I can be behind the chair, all these, whatever, how deep or how light the issue is, I think that people do need to consider their own, their own selves and their own bodies. And I know you've been really open with talking about how you've taken control over your own physical wellness, your own mental wellness. And if you wouldn't mind sharing a little bit, I would love to hear, and I would love to share that with our listeners. Absolutely. No, I am definitely open, open about it. I think it's really important because uh, two years ago, uh, I quit, I quit a lot of things that were really bad for me. I've been, I've been, I've always been a drinker. I've been addicted and, uh, it became, it became a huge, huge monkey on my back. And, uh, I, I, I have been through the whole scene that I'm from, you know, going out, living very, very freely, um, um, you know, I've always been a recreational user, um, but it grew out of hand. And for the last 15 years, it was not a joke anymore. Uh, I think it's good that you touch depression because nowadays it's, it's, it's horrible. Numbers are going up. Suicide numbers are going up. Um, uh, in our business, there have actually been uh, some situations last year of... Uh, 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 people I used to know very well that 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 sank too deep into depression uh, which not not ended all that well and and um, I mean I think I've been very close to 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 a point um, depression is an illness um, but it's like 
It's like when you, when you have a cold, you have to take care of yourself. You know you shouldn't go out without a jacket. And maybe depression is the same kind of um, same kind of thing. See, I believe that some of us, especially when it comes to drugs, um, there are two kinds of people. I think if you had your first headache in your life, now I think you can solve a headache nowadays with a, with a big glass of water, but. Um, I learned from my first headache that if I take an aspirin, the pain goes away. So if you were, your brain gets used to that click, it is very easy to learn. I used to be very, very shy. I have um, a stutter. Maybe you already heard that I sometimes talk around words because uh, some words are very hard for me to pronounce. So I was bullied a lot. I was very shy. I was afraid to talk in uh, public. And what I found out is if I do cocaine or speed or whatever, it goes away. And I found that out at a very, very young age. And all of a sudden I could talk to everybody. So that was my medicine. And I think a lot of people that are in that situation um, are doing self medication because they know it's going to work. And especially with depression, it's very dangerous because you need more and more and more and more. And at a certain point, you just lose yourself. You get very egocentric because the whole world, the whole universe is about you. Now, I have always been, been, been known to do that party hard. And at a certain point, it's not partying anymore. It's just escaping from reality. But you got to but you gotta learn to see this. You gotta learn to recognize this. And then we started to travel. Now, if you've been bullied for being uh, a nothing, yeah, uh, you know, I was quite, you know, I was really quiet, shy, a little fat, you know, I mean, and I was very good in school. So for other kids, that is, your, that's the perfect prey, right? I had huge glasses. I have minus 10, so I, so. I was the perfect target, you know. Um, so when you when you at a very young age get all that shit, you know, you build an armor. You know, for me it was the tattoos, it was an attitude, and especially with the drugs, you know, I knew like, yeah, because that's what you learn. You know, if somebody hits you, you hit back with with being stronger, which is not a very good attitude towards life, I think. But um, thing is. So you always live with that. You don't really get to learn to trust people because you always think that they talk nice just to punch you in the, just, uh, just punch in the back. And then when we open score them and everybody, I mean, you know, I was already uh, left, but it's old scars. And then um, with score them, everybody's like, oh my God, they're so great. You know, you get to travel the world and, and everybody, wherever you go, people want to take photos with you. And they're like, oh my God, you're my idol. Hey, you got to be very careful with that because that is some drug that is really easy to start believing. And it's even harder when it falls away, you know, and you want to stay there. So you work even harder and you want to be the nicest guy in the world. Well, it drove me nuts, you know? So because I, 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 I uh, my son was born, um my uh, my my ex-wife it was not you know the whole world thought oh my god this guy is living the life but i 
I don't know. I was living the life, but I forgot about home. So I really screwed up. And then, then the depression, I mean, you go higher and higher, but you fall deeper and deeper. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, about two, three years ago, I was just, I was just done. I was like, I had to, I had to, I had to dig so deep to get, um, to get motivated to actually work, you know, and then that whole pressure of social media and, and, and trying to stay where you are. And, and I was like, Oh my God, this is not Rob. I was complete. And from one day to another, I woke up and I've tried to quit so many times, you know, but there is always the new party. And then you sober up because hangovers, everybody thinks they, they, they last a day, but they, they last a week, you know? So, and, and, and then after a week, you'd be like, because that is the dangerous thing you drink or use when you feel good about yourself, but also when you feel bad about yourself. So whatever, you either want to party or you want to forget. But this one day I woke up another hangover another, and I was just, and I was done. I haven't touched a drop since I didn't do anything since. And I picked up running. So I used to run back in the days. And um, I just started again. And um, so whenever, especially in the first three months, I had the cravings, you know, going like, oh, my God, because you're so used to I used to I, I used to I used to be out of out of there every day, you know, every day, sometimes even before before I had my coffee, there was already something going going on. And so when I quit from one day to another, I think now, two years later, I'm actually back to who I am, which is not per se a better person. I'm very grumpy. I am very like, you know, I'm not social anymore. No, but that is the other part of it. I have enough with myself, my girlfriend, my son, my daughter. It's enough, you know. I love doing my work, but I'm more balanced out. And especially with the running, you know, because, and I run far. I mean, I, I just did like... I don't know what it is in miles. I did 32 kilometers yesterday. Uh, the day before that, I did about 15 kilometers. So like 20 miles, 18 miles. Yeah, something like this. So, but it You're gets running marathon, half marathons and marathons. I, 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 I run about two half um, the marathons a week and then, and then some. So I do the short, faster ones too. So I'm, I'm super fit lost a lot of weight which 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 just feels good you know to get get because um and what i think is super important uh, i was a vegetarian i've been a vegetarian for quite a long time but i went completely vegan so i'm fully plant-based and that did a lot with my mind too now i don't want to be the the teachy preachy guy because there is enough on the on the internet if you want like the vegan uh the police to tell you oh, don't, but I, I, I do want to be an advocate for it for, for, for just a little bit, because I felt that when I took, I think it's a karma thing and I'm not a religious man, but I do think that if you put, um, an animal will always, uh, have stress, you know, pain. And I think when you take that out of your system, it is it's just i don't know but mentally 
I did not realize how far gone I was, but there are so many bad emotions like uh, fear, anxiety, depression. I'm not saying it's completely gone, but it's 80% gone. And I'm very serious about that. I am, I am very balanced out with the world around me. And um, I can feel it in, in everything. You know, I don't, I'm my, my temper is down, you know, because I am far from a perfect guy. Trust me, I have a temper and I'm very emotional. So I react very emotional to everything. But going plant-based, taking care of my body, being fit. Yeah, you know, it's the universe. It's like, don't put that, that meat, don't put, put, you know, read about it read about and feel your body you know a lot of people say like if you want to detox you drink water for for a week and it's it's true but um yeah you know and it was crazy getting uh to 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 get off cheese and chocolate man it was maybe harder than the cocaine you know but now i can't even you know i still make a toasty for my son because i cannot force him to go full vegan so he he eats vegetarian when he's here but now when i make a like a grilled cheese sandwich it just doesn't smell good to me anymore it's so weird because i was scared of that i was like oh my god i can't cheese anymore i don't have my wine anymore now but um it's just a minor minor thing actually and now i'm just i'm just over it you know so yeah it's what a journey. I mean, seriously, what a journey. And I think that everybody, you know, for whatever reason, I've definitely had my struggles in the past as well with needing to step away from those crutches and those coping mechanisms, let alone, and now it's just from the mental side of things, but just let alone from, you know, standing behind the chair again, like I keep saying, standing behind the chair for as many hours as I do, my body itself, my veins have become lax in their elasticity. And so I have severe blood pressure issues due to that, where I can't regulate my own blood pressure. So for me, the running didn't start for me with um, the need of the physical, it was more the mental. Um, I know when setting up this chat, I touched on, you know, depression and, and bringing that up for us to discuss was really important as well. And I, you know, three years ago, I sadly lost two of my family members. Uh, my grandmother died unexpectedly at my grandfather's bedside and he passed the next day. And these are paternal and maternal figures in my life. When losing them, I felt so lost with everything. I had nowhere to put that love, put that energy and down the rabbit hole I went. So one day I decided, okay, I'm going to strap on these shoes I haven't worn in a really long time. And I'm going to run as far as I freaking can. I'm going to close the door behind me. I'm going to hit the pavement and I'm going to run. And to tell you the honest truth, I think that day when I took off the first time, I hoped that I would just, you know, collapse with a heart attack and be gone too. I was that 
depressed and that sad. But all of a sudden these like, you know, these happy endorphins sort of kick in and you're like, oh, wait a second, wait a second. That what has been pulled over my eyes that I haven't been able to see anything except the destitute in my sadness. Um, that first run changed a lot for me. And I too had run previously when I was a lot younger. Um, but, you know, as I kind of wanted to work through that, um, it really did begin to change my mindset. Um, I do think that diet plays a huge role in that as well. I couldn't agree with you more. I've also been a vegetarian, I mean, since like, I think 97 or some craziness like that. But um, having a thoughtfulness about what goes into your body and what energy you're putting in to give energy back out. I agree with you hundred percent. I think that there is this sort of, it's all a link in a chain, right? Like everything that you put inside you is going to have some effect one way or another. And Anyway, so long story short, in the end of it, I run a lot too. I sometimes I find myself and I don't know, maybe this is because I'm still always working through my own wellness, uh, my own mental wellness with that. But there are days that I push it a little too hard, like I would push other behaviors a little too hard that it becomes this. Yes, I'm doing good for my body. But like, this extreme approach with it. And so I kind of have to like, again, like you were saying, listening to your body and, and understanding what is happening on the inside. Why are you doing the things that you're doing? Because there's definitely days when I'm like, that was stupid that I just, <laughs> yeah, there's, that was insane. And is that just the same men mental state as like, I'm going to finish that bottle in my hand, you know, like, is that, so I, I grapple with that a little bit myself. I, well, for, first of all, um, I'm 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 always a bit jealous that I mean um, English is not my first language, so I do not always uh, know to pick the words uh, as good as you guys do it. Obviously, I could tell my story in Dutch way easier because I still got to have to do that thing. But yeah, we are extreme people that have that. I mean, I go over the top all the time because. And it was the same when still on drugs. And, you, you know, even as a child to find my boundaries and cross them. And I do that with my work. I do that with my brand. The moment people say till here, no further, I want to look over that wall just to see what, because you know, why are you telling me not to go? That's where the interesting shit must be. So oh, yeah. yeah, I cross, I, I cross that line. Um, to with the running but you know I want to kind of and I know it sounds a little over the top but I kind of want to feel that pain I want to know how far how far I can go and 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 you know because if I'm not living on the top of what I'm doing I'm just not just not I'm just not there you know it is it is with work you know I can be super lazy even when I'm lazy I am the laziest man in the world I don't do a little lazy I just don't want to move I just want but when I work I work you know what I mean it, it is you know I always and even when you're lazy you're thinking but the running man the best ideas um, and, and, and for those that don't run can go like, oh yeah, well, but, but it's so true. And I think it's with every, uh, 
um, the, the moment you are making the endorphins when you're running, I still look for a high. I need a high. I need to get out of my mind. I need to get out of my body, you know, and I will find a way. And thank God I'm all done with all the, with all the bad stuff. But it opens the creative... I don't know the mindset, you know, I'm just open. I think that creative is in the air, but you got to pull out the antennas and, and with, with running, that is exactly what you do. So I, I feel you when you, when you have, I, there are so many days, I don't even want to put on the shoes. I put on the shoes and I look at them for an hour before even going outside. I'm like, fuck this. No, I'm not going. It's raining. You know, I don't, I always go. And within five minutes, I'm like, Oh, thank God. You know, I went. And even when people are looking uh, at this interview or whatever, and they go like, yeah, you know, I have the best tip in the world. I, I really believe this. I know it's a little harder when you're in Phoenix, probably, but <laughs> I walk everything. When I have to go to my dentist and he is like, uh, uh, like four miles away from here, I don't take the tram or car or whatever or the bike, I walk. And when you start doing that, you know, running becomes so much easier. Yeah. That, 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 that is my, it's a stupid tip, but it's my golden tip. Just don't, don't take, don't take the car when you don't have to. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think, you know, you, you did say about just getting out of your mind and I, it resonates so, so much with me because I have this like constant on, like the switch is always freaking on and there's always like chatter on the inside and then self-doubt and courage and creation. And it's just like nonstop on the inside. I always say, I'm like, calm glassy surface like the the peaceful lake on the outside and it is a raging hurricane on the inside and nobody knows it except for me and so when I get out on that pavement and you get this escapism in your mind that like at least it's a healthy escapism I'm, I'm not like drinking no, to pass it, out but it's exactly the same it's what yeah. you do it's, mm -hmm. it's what and the thing is it's what we've learned yeah yeah. You know, and, and that is and that is and that is the danger because yeah. if you get something that always works, you learn to trust it, whether it's drugs or alcohol, and thank God it's behind me now. But mm -hmm. you know, it works. It's the same with running. Yeah. Because I you're 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 putting it in the perfect words, you know. People see this, but inside it's like mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard. Yeah. And at yeah. night too, I mean, it's hard to like lay there and like have this like peaceful wash over you to be able to like turn it off and sleep. And I often run in the evenings here because well, one, it's Phoenix and it's hot during the day. So even at night in the summer times, it's still over a oh. hundred Fahrenheit. Um, so we're, we're really warm here, but um, I'll, I'll hit the ground at night, hit it out on the pavement, come home. And then it's like quick shower and jump into bed. It was like, get that last little expenditure of energy out. And then I can like shut down. Um, but my favorite part about when I'm in that moment though, is, and I equate it to when you're driving a car and you have zoned out and you're like, I, I just went through three intersections and I don't remember if the light was red or green that moment I have found this way with running that definitely happens where I'm like, Oh damn, three miles just passed like that. Um, but it, when I recognize that that's happening, I feel like 
I've kind of let everything else go. You get that, like a little of that euphoria, but at the same time, um, all of the chatter is gone. And that is when I get my most creative ideas right there. When I felt like I don't remember how many miles it was, I totally spaced out. I'm sort of coming back into the reality of like, okay, this is where I'm at mile marker. Okay. I know my surroundings. And then I just start dreaming up and creating. And there's something really pure about that moment. I don't know if that ever happens to you, but it's very, very recognizable. Sometimes I'm here at home with a problem that I got to solve and I just don't know. And thank God I got Lane, my business partner, because he is my business partner. He takes care of business, but he relies on me for the creative part and to so, and sometimes, you know, it's weird. I can give myself an assignment, actually. I can go out, go like, I need 20 designs for 20 stickers. I go for a run. And I have learned to trust that the ideas will pop in my brain. Now, from 100 ideas, normally only one or two are going to do the work. But it's 100 ideas. So I come home, I write that shit down. The next day I forget about it, but you know, there are, I mean, even when you, there are always little notes around the house everywhere because I, I think of things. Yeah. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's like literally everywhere are notes and I go like, Oh, I got to call yellow, you know? And, and, and that's just what I do. Sometimes I only send words and he goes like, okay, banana, blah, blah. And I go, yeah, no, but you gotta see like, and yeah, because it's cleaning your mind out. So, and I have the same, you know, kilometer for kilometer and it's just insane. And what I love about it, I do it alone. Yeah. So, you know, there's no, yeah, there's no responsibility. Mm -hmm. And I just go, I don't even really have a course. I actually did a podcast not too long ago for a running um, magazine. And I told these guys, I, I still get lost every once in a while. And I discover little um, villages around Rotterdam, but I literally sometimes have to go on my phone, put on my, my Google Maps, because I have to know where, where Rotterdam is. When you do 20 miles and plus, I'm just like, oh, hmm. But that is great because getting lost is the best thing in the world, you know, because you leave the path that was set out, mm -hmm. you know, and that's and that's where you discover stuff you don't know. So, yeah, you know, it's um, a metaphor. It's a metaphor, but it's definitely a metaphor for life. You know, just get lost. It doesn't matter. You're going to see things you've never seen before. And, you know, it's going to trigger your mind to think creative because you have to get off the path that you already know to get creative. Easy as that. That's awesome. I mean, truly, I know that you did what you did because you needed it. And I know that I did what I did because I needed it. It wasn't for anybody else. I am just really grateful to be able to share like this with you because I think that again, back to like people need it in the course of human history. I mean, you know, we've, we've all been the generations and over the centuries, I mean, depression has been there at every turn across human existence. This year for us feels rough. It feels really rough. And I think that there's a lot of people that could benefit from hearing that from you. So I, I really, truly grateful for your sharing of it. And I think that 
it can land in such a way of positivity for people who need to hear it right now. So absolutely. You know what? There was this meme out there. I turned into a quote. I think it's the best one. Nature has sent us to our rooms to think. You know, and it's like what your mom used to, you go to your room and think about what you did. That is mother nature has sent us to our rooms to think about what we did. And I think it's all connected, but it, it's, it's dangerous being at home, being confronted with yourself, you know, and I don't know exactly what it's like um, in your part of the world. Thank God I'm still allowed to run because there is an evening clock here in the Netherlands. Now, the Netherlands are not for the first time since I was born, the Net I love the Netherlands. We are such an open-minded country, you know. We were the first with all progressive marriages, whatever. Nobody, nobody, you know. And 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 I'm I've always been very proud of that. But the Netherlands at the moment, it's not. It's not a fun place, you know, because with the evening clock, yeah, it's not good at the moment. But um, thank God. I can run or ride a bike or whatever. It's the most important thing. And that, that's definitely what I want to tell people who are locked at home, you know, um, stay in touch with nature because you are a, that, that is, you are a part of it, you know, and you can love your, 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 you know, your phone and whatever, but don't, 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 don't forget about that. I think it's the same with not eating meat, you know, bio industry, Things have happened so fast, mm -hmm. you know, we wanted to, everything had to become faster, bigger, cheaper, it's, we kind of passed ourselves. So mm -hmm. when you're at home, think, think about balance and think about, you know, because you, I have children, I, I am leaving this world to them. So if I want to leave a better, I got to start with myself. Even when people go like, you really think you're going to make a difference? Yeah, maybe not just me, but, you know, people thinking about it together, we will, we will make a difference. You know, you can, you can actually tell that a lot of people are not as relaxed with eating meat as they were, you know, the, when you look at the supermarket, I mean, when you were a hardcore vegan 10 years ago, you were, you, you, you were bound to eat beans and, and uh, potatoes, yeah. but nowadays, I mean, you can, we in Rotterdam, we have a vegan junk food bar. Oh my God, it's so good, you know, and it's not healthy, no. but it's all, it's all plant-based, but it's like, oh my God, it's so good. They got, they got everything. You can binge on it, you know, then afterwards have a vegan, um, the Ben and Jerry's or whatever, you know, it's not, it's not like it's, but it makes you feel good. You know, it's, it's important. Every once in a while, it's nice. Every once in a while. Binge on it. <laughs> yeah you know with all the running i burn so many calories that i am basically eat whatever i want <laughs> i saw you post on instagram the other day it was a couple of days ago i think and you did that big massive run and I, the one thing i honed in on it was like calories burn 2500 i was like dang dang yeah yeah yeah, yeah. it's crazy huh That's but that lot. is the fun thing for people that actually walk Two hours walk is the same as hour of running. You know, it doesn't change. That's where people people always think they have to they have to do crazy crazy numbers. It is that is not true. You know, just 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 learn to walk and you'll burn all that stuff off if that's your goal. That's not 
my goal, but I do find that if I burn a lot, I mean, I, when, when I'm hungry, I eat, you know, I'm not like, but even that is imbalanced. And it, it just, it just makes me feel so much, but I do not feel guilt about what I eat anymore. You know, it's not, I am, I'm at a very good place in my life right now. So I would advise everybody, you know, just take a look because there is literally, you can change everything in your life. If there are negative feelings, you can change them, you know, step by step, but you have to take the first step. It's, it's, it's all cliches, but if I can do it, and this is re really true because I was, I was, I was far gone, you know, and I just needed that slap in the face. I gave it myself because people have been saying that to me for ages, you got to change your lifestyle, but you got to, you really got to tell it yourself. Absolutely. You have yeah. to make that decision for yourself because it's just annoying if it's coming from anybody else. It's just like, you don't know anything, whatever. I've got this. It's dismissive, dismissive, anger, yeah. defense, all of that. It's, it needs to come from within. And, you know, thank God you had the day that you woke up and decided to do that, you know, and look at you now. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Well, um, I have to ask you this, this question before I go into my, my fun pop-up questions for my quick fires, but I would love if you could confirm or deny this for me. This is a personal question from me to you. Um, so my family, and when we first emailed, I said, kidding, not kidding. You know, my family is from the Netherlands as well. So in um, Wintersvek, is that how you say it? Wintersvik? Wintersvik. Wintersvik. Okay, so yeah. I I am a Tassel descendant from Wintersvik. And my grandmother, the grandparents I was just telling you about who yeah. passed. Um, Opa and Oma. My grandmother was a spitfire for nothing and just a spitfire. Um, and my grandfather, whose family came from that region and then settled in Nebraska, of all places, um, she used to yell at him and be like, Ronald Dean, you're such a stubborn old Dutchman. And so I have a question for you. Are all Dutchmen stubborn? Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, there, Grandma, you go. You called it like it was. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, I think most of us are. Yeah. It was, yeah, <laughs> I thought, you know, I have to ask you just to be a little comic relief, especially from the areas you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, it's it's like old farmer life. We are very, uh, I think, think things have changed. But if I'm looking at the generate, yeah, absolutely. On point. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Well, thank you for my family will highly enjoy that. <laughs> <laughs> No, we definitely, uh, yeah, there is not much room for, um, no, no, your, your, your Oma was absolutely right. She was right about a lot of things. Let me tell you that she was right you about a lot of things. Of course, <laughs> she was Dutch. <laughs> um, okay, so I have a quick, uh, quick fire questions for you. Okay, so I think with all of us behind the chair, we all get this little bit of superstition so I need certain things to do my craft. And if they're not in place, I have a full mental shutdown. What is the one thing you can't work without? Not tools and stuff. Like one thing that you have to do that you can't start a haircut without. Coffee. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, I always have. I mean, if there is one vice left in my life, it's coffee. I drink about 10, um, maybe, uh, maybe more a day. I have a cup of coffee with every client, Cheers. every client. <laughs> well, I actually have a cup of tea right now, but um, no, that is, that is one thing. And I know I should not talk about tools, but I have this white comb. And if I do not have that comb, I'm not going to do the haircut. What it's it's I, I I don't need that one particularly. Uh, you know, it's not. Wait a minute. You got it. I have I one. Yeah, yeah, I got it. See, I always call these quick fire questions, and then I'm there's nothing quick about anything I do. Oh wait, is that the blue comb? It's um, I don't know what it is. It's a cricket. Oh yeah, yeah. Yeah, I need, it's really, it's really weird. I can do when I'm doing my clipper over comb, I actually don't care that much. Yeah. But I need that one. Plus I need a vent brush. Yeah. If I got this one, a clipper and a vent brush, I can do whatever you want. That's, I literally travel the world with that. But if I don't have this one, I cannot get used to another, this is the one I need. I love that style comb. It's very similar to the type of comb that I use myself. And that's the same thing. Like there's everybody else in the salon has different colors of it, but everyone knows which one mine are. <laughs> Don't take my comb. It's so weird because especially in the barber industry, everybody is about clippers. Yeah. Now I got definitely a favorite brand, but you can, I can, I don't care. I can do the haircut with any I don't care if they sent me to a country where they don't, I don't mind, but that one. That's the one. That's the one. Must have it. That's okay. So even vegetarians and vegans have preferences. What is your most loathed or hated vegetable? Oh my God. I don't know how you call that in English. I have absolutely no idea how you call it. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm going to look it up because this is the one I do not like. Meatwolf angles. Okay. Chicory. Chick chicory? Oh, Chick yeah. Chichori? Chicory. Yeah. I like a root. Chicory. Yeah. I am not. I'm not into that. No. I don't know. I mean, and, and, and I am very, very easy with a lot of things. But that is the vegetable. I just, you know, it's bitter. My mom used to make it. I have very bad the memories about it. She used to do it in the oven. She cooked it. She was like, oh, this is the healthiest thing in the world. You know, I can't eat it. I hate that one. <laughs> All right, no chicory for you. No chicory for Rob. Um, what song has to be on your running playlist? Um... Kickstart my heart. <gasps> ah, I love it. Yeah. From Wait. Motley Crue, yeah. I, Here, Rob, I got to show I you. Just, let me. I just really, really love that song. It's Can not you? that I'm a huge fan of the Motley. Oh my God, Can look at that. Here. There you yeah. go. Sorry, that was <laughs> super inappropriate. <laughs> no, I grew up, I grew, you know, I'm always about, you know, punk rock and the small indie bands and blah blah but honestly you know i grew up with guns and roses with motley crew with aerosmith and that's just 
that's just my thing. I always wanted to be Axl Rose, you know, that, that was when I probably was like 14, 15, very important time in my life. And then I discovered, you know, all the punk rock bands and then I got more and then I was like, oh no, I only listen to this and that because it was, you know, it's very elite. And, uh, but now that I'm growing older and all that shit is gone. I'm just like Guns N' Roses, Appetite for Destruction, Muttley Crew, Decade of Decadence. I'm like, yeah, that's, that's, that's like, that always works. Uh, oh for sure for sure i love that um i love that you said kickstart my heart um but with saying with guns and roses though appetite's amazing and my husband and i go around and around about this because i like appetite it's phenomenal freaking record but i cannot stand chinese democracy i cannot stand it i know everyone waited for it for 10 years i can't i'm not a purist i can't hey. stand it you want to hear a secret? I never heard it. <laughs> I never oh. heard it. I'm like, you know what? And I saw Guns, you know, it's really bad. I went to Guns N' Roses about a year ago, two years uh -huh. ago, maybe. And I went there when I was uh, 16 and they played in the Netherlands again at the same place. And yeah. when I was 16, I was like way in front, you know, against, against <laughs> the fences, you know, trying to fight my way out of it. And now... I was like in the back with a friend of my my same age, you know, going like, yo, 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 straight, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and yeah, you know, like the tough guy looking the back, yeah, back in my days. And I was like, that was so in my face. I was like, oh my God, I'm not the guy anymore. I don't want to be in, I could just see all these young kids coming out, covered in sweat. And I was like, oh, I used to be, yeah, maybe later, maybe I'm going to do it. I was like, no, I'm not going to. We hit, we oh, hit 40 was, and it just, it doesn't happen anymore. It does not. Well, happen. I would do it at the small gigs, you know, I'm still in front, but like yeah. this big, massive thing, I would, I, I would not come out alive, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> just, just, you know, that was one of those, I don't, I really like growing older. I don't have a problem with it at all. I get smarter. I get more relaxed. I'm finding out that a lot of things I used to be so anxious about. I'm like, oh man. It was not important. I wish I, I knew this. But uh, that was one of the moments, like with skateboarding or whatever, you just get scared, man. You're just like, oh, you don't think, yeah, I can do it. You're going to go like, oh, I might break this. I might do that. I might not be able to work tomorrow. It's, uh, but um, yeah, part of life, I guess. I love it. I love it. Well, maybe one day when the world permits, we can go stand in the back at a show together. <laughs> Absolutely. Look angry. Talk about days gone by. Remember in my days, everything was better. <laughs> That's fantastic. Um, favorite running shoe right now? Oh, I'm not an expert. But, um, Me either. Me either. I just got these two days ago. So they're Brooks. Thank God. I called the guy from the shop. Mm -hmm. because I, I, I want to shop uh, a local. I did not want to order them in one of the yeah. .com companies. So I just gave him a call and I showed him the shoes I had. I always buy them at the same place because they look at the way I run, blah, blah. And he brought them to my house. So that's awesome. So, that's and he was just it. like, oh, you, you, you're going to want these ones. I showed them my soles, how they uh, uh, wore, wore, wore out. So he was like, I'm going to bring you these in there. Perfect shoes. So they gave really good advice. That's awesome. Well, yeah, but I am not like a, a, a brand kind of guy. It's not like I want Nike or I want Brooks. This is, this is just my, my running shoe. 
I'm the same way, but I like just to pick your brain on that question. Cause I wasn't sure. I mean, I've always said like, I don't know if the shoe feels good and I don't get shin splints and it's fine, then I'm good to go. But, um, I just was curious on what your, uh, fave was. So, um, so because with, again, kind of following along on the social media side of things and seeing some of the amazing, like YouTubes that you guys have posted. And I know how much you love Elvis and frequently say this, but we are in crazy times right now. So if Elvis was here today, what would Elvis do? Oh my God. <laughs> what would Elvis do? I don't think, you know, it is weird. We got this uh, famous Rotterdam guy called Gilles Dilder. He passed away. Uh, he was a uh, uh, a poet and he was a writer and he was called the nightmare of and 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 this is somebody i absolutely adored and he passed away right before covid and 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 a lot of people actually go like what would jules say about this uh and and and, and i think a lot about that but to think with elvis i don't even i don't even can imagine how it would be to come from the 50s. I don't think, um, I, I, I think this is a very interesting um, a topic because, you know, I am that guy like, oh, I wish I lived back in those days, but things were not better. And that's where we go wrong. You know, there was a lot of uh, the poverty. There was a lot of, not everything was perfect. You know, there, 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 there were some horrible things actually still than that, but, can you imagine going from that period to this period? I would be like, oh my God, send me back right now. Right? So I, I, I don't think Elvis could, could survive at this point, maybe. Yeah. Uh, this, this, this is a really hard question. You know, I don't think, you know, we always say you don't want to meet your idols. And I, I fully agree with that. Yeah. But I, he would be messed up for the, for forever. Elvis should should not. I I don't think anybody could 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 tell how to handle this. Yeah, to come from then to now for sure. Maybe no, maybe so, like what you were saying before though. If um you know how he kind of lived on the outlies of what you know he brought a different perspective to the mainstream. And I don't know, maybe he would just kind of carve out his own path in in this chaos that we're all in and find a way to 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 find his voice. I don't know. Oh man. I would like I would, to romantically think that that would happen. I would love I would love to know things like this, but I think he paved the way for so many for our freer way of thinking, but this would be too much. This would yeah. be like, you know, I really, I mean, I've read a lot about him and he was just, he was quite simple in his way of thinking, but he just appreciated music and he just, yeah, yeah you know, it, I think it, he was, he, he just was like that. <laughs> hello, we're almost done. Is that Clark? The family answers. Oh, hello, family. Sorry, we're hello. gabbing away. We're gabbing away still. No, um, don't, so don't worry about it. Hello. 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 Good evening. Yeah. 
Het gaat goed. Wil <laughs> heel eventjes praten? I'm Amber. Hoe heet jij? Kun je het zeggen in het Engels? Uh, nee. My name is Jens. My name is Jens. Nice Very to meet you, Jens. Nice to meet you. I love it. We were talking about um, what's the one thing that you must do for this year? Oh, for this year, um, I am working on a project. I cannot tell you much about it, um, but we already shot a lot of the material for it. I think it's going to be absolutely awesome. I am so, so stoked about this project. And of course, you're like, what? You're saying this and you can't. I cannot say anything about it, but it's like the best, the models that we got, um, it's going to be really, really cool. So at this moment, I just can't, I, I hope from the bottom of my heart that this whole situation is going to be over as fast as possible, because that is the hardest part of 2021, being at home, having energy to create and not being able to create. It's driving me absolutely mental. So I really hope that's gonna be, that's good. That, that is my biggest thing for 2021 to, to finish this project. You're gonna be amazed. And uh, I promise you, I will send you a copy of what we are making. Please. So that's, that is everything I'm gonna say about it. I love that. I love that. Well, I'll be excited and like, waiting to tune in and, and hear how it's all coming together. We'll stay, we'll stay connected for sure. My final question for you, and this is also that comes from my family. I've only asked one other person on the talks this, but I'm really interested to ask you this super bizarre question, but this is for my mom. She says, if you could be any kind of muffin, what kind of muffin would you be? What kind of muffin? Oh my God, the muffins are really big in America, ain't they? <laughs> not a really big thing here, but probably blueberry. Just yeah, and not with a particular reason because they're blue. They're blue. I don't know. Yeah, they're berries. They're and they're good. Berry too. <laughs> yeah, but it's it's the muffins are not like a big deal here. Yeah, I don't know. I bake them with my son every once in a while, and yep. then we and we. Uh, Jens F. Stills, I know him, and we decorate him and stuff, but yeah, no, we got, we got, no, it's not, this is actually a thing here, Eddie Muffins. No, it's not like in America, I know you got yeah. the big with all the kinds, and, and I love it. Your face. <laughs> not a huge finger. I'll be a blueberry muffin. You can tell your mom Blueberry that. muffin, that's perfect. I love it, I love it. Well, tell me real quick, how can people stay connected to you with the projects you're and we've got the your line as well you have a book how can people stay connected to what you and the shop are doing um probably social media so we got facebook we got instagram if you want to check out the ruzel instagram that's r-e-u-z-e-l and then we got Scorum, of course. I got my own page, The Bloody Butcher. And through Instagram, you're probably going to be able to land on all the platforms. And of course, you got, if you want to know more about our courses at the old school, I really hope everybody's allowed to travel real soon. It's www.scorumbarbier.com. And then you go to the old school and practically all the information is on. Perfect. Perfect. Well, I can't wait to see what 2021 brings for you and keep sharing and all your positivity and your inspiration because 
it's same for you guys because i miss the u.s a lot you guys got a weird country over there but i fell in love with it the first day i i i went there i was i was i was i was so i've really you know the base of our company our main uh office is in denver so i went i went to the u.s about 10 times a year and now i'm at home with it's i've really i miss america a lot well we'll be ready to have you back over here and and teaching and spreading all good things barbering and all good things that you have to offer and hopefully we can get get back to it at some point so i just wanted to tell you before we say goodbye and Tell me if this is right. Okay, here we go. Dankia, my new friends in farewell. <laughs> that is not so bad. Dankjewel, my new friend, farewell. Farewell is a little, you would say that to somebody you're never, ever, ever going to see again. Oh, it is a very okay. heavy word. You would probably say, um, Proper goodbye. I just was trying to go for a proper goodbye. Yeah, yeah, no, but this I'm is not like, wishing you off. <laughs> like farewell. No, it's like super dramatic. It's like when when somebody leaves forever. A lot of crying. Oh, like, I see. Farewell. But we would. Huh? Yeah. Also a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> probably. Totsings. Do we? Well, I guess in my. I my proper uh, translation, it got a little too proper, but I really want to thank you. I truly consider this as a new friendship. Thank you for everything. Keep sharing. Thank you for taking the time, so much time and sitting with us to share. So thank you so much, Rob. No problem. Thank you. It was super fun. So um, yeah, I, 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 I really hope you had a good time. I had a great time. Thank you so much. Well, thank you, and I can't wait for everyone to, to let this all sink in. Be well, everyone, and thank you to Rob and everything that you and the Barbershop do. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. If you or someone you know suffers from depression, there are resources to help. Please visit the link in Amber's Instagram at method underscore 20 underscore 7 where there are global resources for help. Please remember, you are not alone.